Players crashed the campaign, but made it far better than what I planned. Hi all, first time DM here with the story of how my friends managed to make a campaign even better by completely derailing it. Dennis, Whisper, Lionel, Zorro, and or Alvis, if you're listening to this, please stop right now. There are spoilers ahead for next session. I'm running an urban-based homebrew campaign with heavy plot inspiration from Watchmen, Detroit Become Human, Eberron, Final Fantasy VII, Film Noir, and the prequel trilogy. It's set in a huge technologically advanced city called Andalar. Picture a cross between Renaissance-era Florence and a steampunk version of 1920s Chicago, where unlicensed spellcasting has recently been restricted due to a controversial emergency order. BBEG is a filthy rich artificer and city alderman named Ulrich Brass. He seems benevolent, but is secretly the leader of a fascist anti-magic paramilitary group. Basically picture Syndrome if he went into politics. This has been in the works for a while, and I'm excited to finally be running it. My players have come up with amazing backstories that I've been able to incorporate into the greater story. The party consists of Whisper, a half-elf artificer, originally came to Andalar in search of Ulrich Brass in hopes of becoming his apprentice. Middle child of an extremely dysfunctional noble family. She took up alchemy and tinkering after proving hopeless as a wizard, and eventually became a talented, if amateur, artificer. Though Whisper is a master mixologist and explosives expert, she is indecisive and has a bit of an inferiority complex. Her main motivation is finding a mentor to help her perfect her craft. Equal parts Marita and Percy from Critical Role personality-wise. Played by my partner, Dennis, a Leonin circle of wildfire druid. Originally came to Andalar in search of a noteworthy druid monastery and botanical garden based there where he seeks access to the druid's library so he can further his research into wildfire magic. Used to be afraid of fire due to an incident in his childhood, but his fear turned into a fascination with the role fire plays in nature. Has ties to the BBEG through a childhood tragedy where his home was destroyed by a dragon. Actually a prototype of one of the BBEG's inventions. Pretty evenly matched in brains and brawn, he's basically a Leonin version of Piccolo, played by my friend and neighbor. Lionel, a vain human bard mutated by a Beauty and the Beast-style curse that can only be broken when he shuns the spotlight and learns to steal the show from behind the scenes, while the band plays on without him. Originally came to Andalar because he wanted to find a cure for his curse, and hoped for the city's status as a hotbed of scientific and magical research would provide something. Equal parts Squidward and Mick Jagger, but a good person deep down. Played by Dennis's girlfriend. Zorro. A white dragonborn fighter and knight in training, who has recently begun his Knight Order's Rite of Passage, where he must travel and accumulate as much knowledge about the outside world as possible, and prove himself to be a cunning warrior, a compassionate leader, and a bringer of hope to the hopeless. Came to Andalar as part of this journey. A genius when it comes to sword fighting, but a himbo with everything else. Cocky and impulsive, but he means well. Picture a cross between Grog Strongjaw and Rigby from regular show personality-wise. Played by a friend from work. Alvis, Drow Ranger, basically a cross between Drizzt and Clint Eastwood, came to Andalar to help a druid friend who was accused of a crime he didn't commit. A man of few words who usually is only super talkative when it's something important. He has dedicated his life to maintaining the delicate balance between wilderness and civilization. Currently, he is a part of a Witcher-type group that guards Andalar from beasts that emerge from the nearby forests, but also protects the forest from overdevelopment by humans. Played by Dennis's best friend. What I had planned. The plot hook I had planned was that the players would be called on to investigate an assassination attempt on a famous inventor and alderman 
and act as a magical crime task force. As they explored the city and investigated the botched hit, players would befriend a group of NPCs who were members of a pro-spellcaster underground railroad and revolutionary movement, including Albus's druid friend. They would also stumble upon an anti-magic conspiracy involving the city's Biomancer Guild, several missing person cases involving spellcasters, and magical disasters and terrorist attacks being staged by the BBEG, so he could swoop in and play the hero. Eventually, they'd have to decide to either trust the revolutionaries and throw their lots in with them, or bring them to heel. I had set up an encounter where the players were able to meet two of the NPCs. They were a goblin artificer version of Squidward, and an elf paleontologist whose funding was cut. When some of her research brought her too close to discovering certain truths about the city's history. If they had talked to the NPCs, they would learn about the missing persons cases, the emergency bill, and an attack on the city's botanical garden that has ties to the BBEG. If they got onto the rebels' good side, they'd find out about the movement and learn the group is investigating the BBEG's role in the anti-spellcaster conspiracy. If they really got on their good side, they would also get offered a side quest to help the goblin and his husband break into the BBEG's workshop to steal blueprints for a clockwork dragon he's building so that he can sick it on the town, fight it, and play the hero. They could have learned this if they had just talked to them. Learning about the assassination attempt plot hook could have been done by talking to literally anyone else in the bar. Started with the typical meet in a tavern intro just outside the city, where two of the revolutionary NPCs sat at the bar, discussing the prototype for a mysterious invention. Actually a flying machine that the goblin was working on. There were three orcs and a group of city watch members in the tavern as well. I expected them to try and make small talk with the revolutionaries, especially given the fact that I described them in more detail than the rest of the NPCs. When it was time for the news of the assassination attempt to break, toward the end of first session, after they'd had time to do a bit of role-playing with the revolutionaries, the rebels would encourage them to offer their services as protection for the BBEG, to gather intel on him, and use investigating the assassination attempt as a cover story. We all went in with the understanding that this would be a role-play heavy campaign, and that I'd allow shenanigans as long as they were cool and didn't ruin anyone else's fun. Little did I know what they had in store. What actually happened? Oh, good role-playing and shenanigans happened, all right. They got really into character, and the chemistry between all the players was great, but they were so engrossed in talking to each other in character that they didn't bother interacting with any of the other NPCs. The revolutionaries attracted the party's attention, but for entirely the wrong reasons. Given the fact that the NPCs were on edge due to the presence of the City Watch Knights, the players found them cagey and incredibly suspicious. After some role-playing amongst themselves, they all decided to follow and interrogate the rebels. Zoro and Dennis decided that the best way to do this was to trick the bar patrons into starting a bar fight with each other, thus using the ensuing chaos to distract the City Watch Knights so they could go after the rebels unnoticed. I end up panicking as I realize I'm probably going to have to scrap most of my ideas for the night and improvise a bit. But I see the potential for something cool to happen, so I roll with it. Dennis casts Create Bonfire underneath the orc's table, and causes their table to light on fire. He then sends his pet alligator to sneak under the tables, and stealthily nip at other patrons' ankles. Lionel decides to persuade the orcs that one of the other patrons lit it on fire, with their mind, and the patrons that the orcs are somehow responsible for the patrons' bites. An argument ensues, and eventually comes to a crescendo, and though no hands have been thrown yet, the tension can be cut with a knife. But instead it's cut when Whisper succeeds on a stealth check to sneak behind the bar and throw a Molotov cocktail towards the City Watch Knights. Alvis persuades them the orcs threw it, and as the arguing in the tavern comes to a head, Zoro decks the leader of the orc gang over the head with a beer stein. For a split second there's total silence. 
The biggest orc initiates combat. Initiative is rolled. Dropkick Murphys begin to fade in on our Bluetooth speaker. And a round of combat ensues, where Dennis and the orc leader both get their asses handed to them. Eventually, this escalates into a full-on tavern brawl. During the ensuing chaos, Alvis rolls a 20 on a sleight of hand check against the orc leader's passive perception and manages to steal his wallet. During the brawl, the rebels manage to sneak out and the players take off after them. Session 1 ends here. I did not plan for any of this at all. However, I have plans for how I'm going to make this work. How this turned out to be a good thing. The players have stolen an orc's wallet, have drawn the attention of the city watch due to unlicensed spellcasting, and don't trust the NPCs I expected them to trust. Completely missed several because of it. There's so much I can do with this. Thank God they did because what they left me with was even better. The orcs weren't supposed to be a real threat. They were just meant to be your typical D-bags at the tavern, and while things could have gotten, and did get, physical with them, I had no plans to make them a major part of the story. However, the minute Alvis pickpocketed their leader, I knew I had to fit them in somehow. Thus, the three orcs have gone from being glorified set pieces to a trio of orc mob boss brothers. The one whose wallet Alvis stole was their leader. I can't wait to see their faces next session, when they realize that they stole a wallet from the orc equivalent of Sonny Corleone. And the wallet was a gift from his father. For the sake of incorporating them into the story effectively, I've decided that the BBEG has the orcs on his payroll to cause havoc and give him a justification for escalating some of his more authoritarian rhetoric. For lore reasons, they're currently in the middle of a brutal gang war with a tiefling crime family. Thus, they wouldn't take too kindly to anything being stolen from them. Like, oh, I don't know, a wallet? The orcs are currently feeling invincible because their gang has just pulled off a lucrative airship heist. The crown jewel of their haul is a stolen crate of blank spellcaster licenses, which are worth a fortune on the black market. Meanwhile, the players can't go to the City Watch for help because of their role in starting the bar fight. I'm hoping to use the crate of spellcaster licenses as a plot device and way to give my players some No Country for Old Men situation to get out of, which will hopefully overlap with the intrigue and anti-magic conspiracy I had originally planned at some point. For the sake of tying this back to the main story, I created a tiefling mob boss NPC who's aiding the revolutionaries. Either he's going to hire them to retrieve the crate of spellcaster licenses so the rebels can distribute them for free, or they'll end up in a situation where they find the crate somehow. It depends on what they choose to do. However, knowing my friends, it might end up more like Dumb and Dumber than No Country. At any rate, their chaotic, stupid antics allowed me to set up a much better hook that still ties in with my original story, while being a better fit for the kind of fantasy noir vibe I was going for. Either way, it's a great privilege to be this group's DM, and they've been a blast to play with. As a DM, their shenanigans are the best I could ever ask for, because they would not be in this situation if things had gone according to plan. Turns out thinking up consequences for other people's actions can be fun. This is absolutely how you DM. Integrating new plot devices in response to your players' actions is such a wonderful and beautiful thing. This is how your players shape the world they interact with. Share your stories of quick-thinking DMing in response to your players. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel All Things D&D. Stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.